Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. of the Pirate Sports Network for Learfield. Hey, welcome everybody to the Monday Patrick Johnson Show. The great P-Man here with you on Greenville's number one sports show. It is the Patrick Johnson radio program. Ben Byram is uh, producing over across the way. Hey, Ben. Little uh, assistance today as well. Actually, a lot of assistance today as well from Slash Cam, end zone cam operator, intern uh, Courtney, or promoter Courtney, we should say. Hey, everybody, it's great to have you with us. Uh, a winning weekend for the uh, Pirates, who, of course, uh, as you just heard, got a kick from Owen Daffer, knocked it through, and Owen Daffer won it for the Pirates. <coughs> Daffer uh, <laughs> is uh, the AAC Special Teams Player of the Week yet again. And uh, Holt Naylor is also the honorable mention offensive uh, honor roll player of the week. So there you go. Pirate basketball drops a just a bad decision to Davidson up double digits. You know, we'll talk about that. Really want to get into the football, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we're going to have um, Jim Zoki on in a few minutes. I'm going to be really, really honest with you folks uh, because I, you know, there's a couple things. I'm, I'm never going to not be honest with you, but also uh, I have a mastery of the English language. Like I usually can write it and speak it fairly well. So those are two things that uh, you could always put in the check mark as, of me as a radio host. One, I, a mastery of the English language. I'm not going to misspell words on... Uh, or Twitter, or miswrite words on Twitter. Like just basic English, and then leave the tweet up. There's other places that do that. I, oh, I just, is there something going I, on I, here? I, I'll, I'll tell I don't you. Even, I'm not even aware of this. It's basic English. But um, the other thing is, I'll be very honest with you, because I, your working-class hero, worked yesterday for ESPN Plus alongside Courtney, the end zone cam specialist. I did not see one down of your Carolina Panthers losing to the artist formerly known as the Redskins. I uh, didn't miss much. So I'm just going to be very basic in my questioning of Zoki. I'm going to pray Ben will just keep it pithy today with Zoke. Because here's, here's what I've gathered basically from it. 
It's not Cam's fault, though it probably really is. And finally, we've gotten around to North Carolina sports media questioning this coaching staff and its long-term viability. Now, a couple things I'll say about that, and it's not inconsistent with the Panthers and when I've talked about them in the past. Offensive line has not been there. Let's face it, they're on their third quarterback in the second season of this regime, and it's a retread. There are big problems organizationally in Carolina, in my opinion. You took a ton of steps backwards with your quarterback position just to get back to where you were. You went around the elbow to get to your thumb, as they said growing up back home. And look, if you listen to North Carolina TV sportscasters on social media, I'm talking about like, you know, the, the, the local news sportscasters. They, on social media and in their broadcast, use the words excellent, great, superb to describe Cam Newton. Called him Superman again. It was okay. It was good. He averaged less than 10 yards a reception. Yeah. Never mind an attempt. It was like a good high school quarterback line if you blew out your opponent on Friday night. Yeah, I'll say this about Cam, though. We've seen in the past where it's been strange. Sometimes he's more accurate on his deep throws as compared to the short little checkdowns to maybe it's a screen pass to McCaffrey or maybe it's a five-yard out or a slant or something like that. Usually he misses those throws. And uh, it looked like he matured as a passer, whatever he was doing while he was on the couch. or Eating cereal. Yeah, whatever he was doing, it seemed like he matured as a passer a little bit in the short and mid-range game. But for some reason, the deep ball was not working for Cam Newton yesterday. Well, I mean, do you expect it to? I mean, that's a, that's yeah, a, that's I an mean, arm strength timing issue. Yeah. And the dude was on the couch two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he showcased before. He has arm strength. It's, it's just, I, I don't know what the deal is. Well, you have arm strength. It's accuracy in the yeah. arm strength. and. Yeah. That is something that I, I don't know how you could expect a guy to have that. Yeah. I don't know why you're starting a guy that was sitting on the couch two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why they didn't just do what they did against Work the Cardinals. Work him in. Yeah. Now, I thought P.J. played fine in that Cardinals game. Well, I mean, why not give him the nod again? Because, and, and I mean, love Zoke. Zoke's not going to say this. This is a group that does not seem to have a clue what they're doing coaching NFL football. Yeah, well, not only that, it seems like this move was made to sell tickets. After all, David Tepper is a businessman. I mean, he wants to make money. But uh, at the end of the day, there was more red jerseys out there at uh, Bank of America Stadium than there was blue jerseys. Or burgundy so, jerseys. Yeah, yeah, bur- whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You, get, you get the point. Yeah. Uh, look, Pirates won. Navy with a hell of an effort. I don't think that uh, you can deny – the spirit of any kid that goes to the Naval Academy ever. He looked really, really, uh, or, or they, they played their guts out. That call on the flag being picked up on the kickoff uh, that return was, not was, good. was garbage. That was that was hideous. It truly was. It was I never want to play Navy again. I, I mean, talk about edge of your seat there, just near heart attacks the whole game. And then I'll tell you this. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I really don't think you're going to, uh, you know, kind of makes or breaks certain seasons is, you know, how you do in certain games. So, I mean, this very easily could be more wins, very easily could be more losses. They've started to win the close games. 
and that is learning to win, and that is learning to to execute. Uh, and Navy, like I said, they had played a lot of people tough. You know, you can't let a couple of outcomes fool you, but including that, Cincinnati, this was not a vintage Navy team. Uh, and look, all that is it may, the Pirates were in a position to win the game, which they did, but they almost botched it at the end with clock management. So things like that. That look, have they lost? We'd be scrutinizing. Tend to get swept under the rug. Um, you know, Mike Houston tonight's got practice, so not that I would expect it to be brought up at his radio show at six, but you know, I, I just I don't know how much of that is pressed because rightfully so, the headline is you won the game, you got your and it was a near record kick from a guy who had not made one, not attempted one longer than thirty nine yards. So all of that is fun. All of that is great. All of that is exciting. And I'm as excited because, look, it's a, yeah. winning, it's a winning play, and the guy made a winning play. But at the end, it is fair to scrutinize what the hell was going on, why the timeout wasn't called sooner. And, you know, you would have avoided the situation where you had to use the timeout to avoid the 10-second runoff. Well, what's a shame is when you bring up those kind of critiques, even in a near, like a very close win like that, you get kind of categorized as not a true fan or you're not a real pirate or you're not with the team or you're just a negative Nancy. But they're fair criticisms. Could have easily been a loss. That's a fair criticism. And the thing is this. If you're you're in the media, that's a fair criticism. That's a fair question to ask and a fair criticism. Uh, now, we have an obligation as partners with the universities, the flagship, that, you know, not that we're going to be Pollyanna with everything, but, I mean, you you don't do things for the sake of sensationalism. Exactly. You leave that for other outlets because other outlets need to do things to get eyeballs and ears and that sort of thing. They just need to do that in general just to get listens. Well, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, just to get clicks. Kind of their whole or deal. To get, I mean, that's that's the whole deal. But I think that but those same outlets that want to be controversial – would never dare ask that question. Oh, they wouldn't. Because it would require guts to ask it. Now, we're not going to have Mike Houston on tomorrow. Could I have told you I was going to ask Mike Houston that question tomorrow had we had him on? I don't know. I would have put it on a list to ask, and I would have asked it in what I think was a fair way, and I think it's a fair question to ask. So, look, other than that, the offense played really, really well. Defense gave up some explosion plays. There was a few things that were kind of, but that defense is so, that offense is so hard to contend with. I don't care how many times you've coached against it. Navy running it is a different story altogether. Uh, We do have uh, time to get into the pirate report here. I want to get to some of these cuts. I don't want to let them linger. We'll talk some pirate basketball a little bit later on. Uh, We'll talk to Jim Zoki coming up in about uh, a little less than 10 minutes, but let's go ahead and hit today's pirate report because I want to get some of these Coach Houston and Holt Naylor's cuts. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, this is Coach Houston on the kick from Owen Daffer to win it all. They don't get any more clutch than that. Um, and, God, I mean, it, there was no doubt about it. When he hit it, I mean, you knew it was good. I mean, that, that, that thing would have been good from 60. So, uh, you know, great job by him. Great job with protection. Uh, you know, obviously we had a pretty heavy rush coming. Uh, you know, great snap, great hold. Uh, you know, the, the battery right there of Slade and John and, and Owen, I mean, they've, they've been consistent all year long. I mean, I think he really has. And I told him after the game, I said, you know, I, I'd already decided, you know, you're going on scholarship anyway. You know, I hadn't told anybody that, him or his parents or anybody. 
Um, and it, you know, there's no better moment to tell him, you know. And obviously that's, you know, makes it that much more of a special moment for him. I did think that was pretty cool. I asked John Gilbert when I saw him yesterday, I said, that's a binding contract, right? Because we have it on video. He kind of laughed at that yesterday. By the way, Gilbert will be on with us tomorrow, uh, an in-studio visit. Uh, tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. All right, uh, let's uh, go to Coach Houston talking about scouting. Uh, Cincinnati's great quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think it all starts with the quarterback. Uh, you know, Ritter, you know, the, he came back uh, to try to have a chance of a special season like they're having, uh, and he's the key to it all. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's dynamic with his, with his legs. Uh, he throws the ball very, very well. Uh, he throws the ball well in the pocket. He throws the ball well in the run. You know, the biggest, I think, improvement I've seen from him is just, you know, I think that you can just tell they're putting a lot more on him with checks and stuff like that. He does a good job of getting them in the right play and, you know, making the right IDs and stuff. And uh, this is uh, Coach Houston talking about uh, the Pirate running backs, the uh, two that have performed so well this year. Well, I think any time you can get the ball in uh, 47 or 25's hands, then uh, – Obviously, got a chance for a for a significant play, and you know, Rajay and Keaton have done a great job all year of kind of that uh, one-two punch. Obviously, Keaton started the game very well last uh, Saturday, which I thought was important for us to come out and get on the board early. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know how I many you guys remember of signing day two years ago, but I was I was pretty amped up about those two, and uh, I think everybody understands why now. And uh, Coach Houston, on uh, these players are the reason that it is a big game on Friday. Well, I just, you know, I told the players before the game last Saturday, you know, they're the ones that have created this. You know, these ball games, they're big ball games because of what those kids have done on the field. Uh, you know, their play has each week made each ball game bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so it's, it's just – it's exciting for them, uh, but you know you can't get beyond. You know this game's no bigger than the last game. I mean, and it, it, I, I understand it is for everybody outside here, but you can't. You know, as a coaching staff and as a players, you got to treat them all as that's the biggest game of the year, and you got to do the same things this week that you did last week, that you did the week before, that you did the week before that. I mean, it's the same preparation. It's in how you prepare. You know, how you execute during practice throughout the week because you're going to play on Saturday the way you play during the week, the way you practice during the week. And then it's your mental focus, uh, you know, that last 48 hours and being ready to play together at a high level. All right. uh, To preserve a little time here, uh, let's uh, go to cut six, Ben. And this was sort of a closing statement. And what maybe having students come back for the final game at the, the regular season, participate in the Boneyard, but also, you know, maybe having others kind of bring some energy uh, that might sit in the boneyard on Friday. Okay, last thing real quick, just, uh, you know, one big thing I just want to kind of uh, ask for is from our student body. You know, the boneyard's been a huge part of uh, our home football games, uh, especially this year. And uh, it's, it's, it's been as electric and uh, impactful and rocking as it has been all year. And I understand, you know, Thanksgiving break and, uh, you know, the timing of this ball game Friday afternoon, but, you know, as many students as we can get back here for that game at 3.30 Friday afternoon, we want you here. I know that the, the Pirate Club is offering, uh, I think, four guest passes for each student ticket. Uh, so if you're with a bunch of friends and uh, you can get them here cheering for the Pirates, we want them here also. But, uh, you know, that student section is going to be important Friday afternoon. So we'd, uh, we'd love to have the Boneyard rocking 
uh, for kickoff at 3.30. So I'd uh, love to see you back here. Just know that you're important and you're impactful. Go Pirates. All right, and this is Holt Naylor's couple cuts from him. Uh, let's try to bang these out really quick. First of all, he talks about senior day. A decision's not been made either way, one way or the other. Um, but I do want to give the guys who have been here six, five years, um, those guys their moment too. Um, I've had plenty of moments at ECU. I mean, me walking or not walking isn't going to be the final decision. Um, I mean, I don't need to walk for any validation of anything um, with, with ECU or with these fans. I mean, I know that they appreciate me and I appreciate them. Um, so this is not been made on that. Um, I just want to keep the main focus the main focus. I don't want to be a distraction in any way on that. So um, just whenever I do make a decision on that, I will. But um, Well, what that means is that uh, when they honor the seniors before the game, who Holton, who is a academic senior, Apparently will not be among that group. So he can, he's basically saying he's going to come back next year? Well, no, this is what he said about it. Cut eight. I'll probably be making a decision before the bowl game um, if I'm going to stay or leave. Um, whether that would be public or not, I'm not positive yet. We haven't really got too much in-depth into it. So just really just focusing on Cincinnati right now. I mean, it'll be made public. Because... I think he's coming back. He's not getting all teary-eyed or anything, so. He's coming uh, back for sure. I don't know if today's the day. We just frankly don't have time to get into it today. But I tend to believe he might grad transfer out, and I, I have no. Oh, I, I just—it's just my opinion. Go play somewhere else. Well, he's played here four years. He's got ECU back to a bowl. Now he may come back, and he could. Pirates could probably be in a really great position if he if he does come back. But I think it also depends on who else comes back. On the offense, I think it also depends on does he feel like that he has accomplished kind of what he wanted to do, which was help get ECU football back on track. Again, we could do a whole show on this. Yeah. And we probably will next week. All right. Uh, This is what he said about the Cincinnati game and how much it means. It means a whole lot to us. Um, Anytime you can go out there and play in front of a team like that with our fans in the stands in front of Dowdy um, is huge. Um, They're a really good football team, but we think we are too. Um, we think we can match up with anyone in the country. Um, we definitely got momentum going our way, but they do too. I mean, they're undefeated. They're a great team. So it's got to come out, play well, execute. Um, it'll be a good game. All right. So we got plenty more cuts there, Ben. So you might have some cuts for you there for <laughs> for, uh, for uh, Wednesday show. So, uh, no, hey, we, well, we, gosh, we got to go to Zoki, don't we? God knows. I got too much stuff to do to go to Zoki today, to be honest with you. Uh, all right. couple things I want to make mention here. Um, well, we'll just do it on the other side. We'll kind of, might be a quick Zoki segment. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to Zoke next, knock that out and then uh, go through some more things that we need to go through here. Uh, we also want to give away some basketball tickets. These are to the men's game against Coppin state on Saturday. It's a family four pack. And we also have uh, four to the women's game tomorrow night, as well as a bonus to that prize pack. Caller 7 at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. And we will be back with more after this. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it. (laughs) Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. 
Atavola in Greenville is your local marketplace. Atavola offers diverse menu selections, casual lunches, and family meals ready to go. At Atavola, they specialize in the creative use of fresh ingredients, seasonal menu selections, and fun culinary creations from the kitchen that will satisfy even the pickiest taste buds. Treat yourself to lunch or dinner today at Atavola, and make sure to join them the second Wednesday of every month for their free wine tastings. Atavola Red Banks Road in Greenville. Dogwood State Bank is changing the landscape of community banking. That term community banking is not just a catchy slogan for Dogwood State Bank. They're really defining what it means to bank local. Big banks may want big business, but Dogwood State Bank wants your business, no matter what size. At Dogwood State Bank, your business is big business. Come to Dogwood State Bank and you'll see the difference. Dogwood State Bank with offices in Greenville, Moorhead City, Wilmington, Raleigh, Sanford, and Charlotte. Your vehicle packs a load of safety features to protect you in an accident. At North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, it's our job to protect you just as well after an accident. With fast claim service from local agents, our auto coverage is a lot like an airbag. We hope you never need to use it, but we're right there and ready just in case you do. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, helping you is what we do best. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Insurance of North Carolina, Inc., Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, and independent licensee of Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or your your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Alan Hill or Tony Boyd. These agents are dedicated to protecting your family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are also tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Alan Hill or Tony Boyd today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville. 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. This year, U.S. Cellular is making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. Every Monday during the football season, join me, Jim Zoki, as I talk Carolina Panthers football and the latest from the NFL with Patrick Johnson right here on 94.3 The Game, Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. More of the Patrick Johnson Show right now. A uh, quick mention, Pirate Report was brought to you by Greenville Pathology. We're part of the local community. Greenville Pathology, we don't see a specimen. We see you and by Wilson Roads Heating and Air Conditioning. Keeping you comfortable since 1961. And by Meineke, doing car care right. Uh, Panther Talk tonight on uh, Talk 103.7 WTIB. Jim Zoki will be there. He was at Bank of America Stadium uh, yesterday. So depending on, this is the spin today. Cam played great. Again, it depends on who you are. 
Uh, and uh, I think more of the sports talkers, Jim, are saying he played good but needed to play great. TV is saying he played great. And uh, at least the sports talkers that I've seen on social media, I don't know what it's like there in Charlotte, but they are uh, starting to kind of question whether this is a coaching staff that's uh, regressed a little bit in uh, year two. Uh, so what is, uh, what, what's the scuttlebutt coming out of, uh, Panther camp today, Jim? Gee whiz, they beat the number one team in the NFL by three touchdowns a week before. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's regressing a lot. I guess <laughs> it's I, amazing. These, they turn on you so quickly, Patrick. I, I, what do they want from I know, <laughs> I know. Trust me, Jim. I know, but I'm just saying, I mean, this is, it's always overreaction Monday and that's where we are. People say, right? That's what we always say. People say, People say. the team has regressed. Exactly. But uh, yes. <laughs> I think it was the you know, game, obviously, they wanted to win. What was weird about it, I do agree that Cam played very well, especially considering uh, the amount of time he had to prepare for it, being with the team for just over a week, was, to me, one of the, the bright spots was how well he threw the ball, the way he performed overall. Uh, but the defense, which every week has bailed us out and kept us in games, somehow let us down. It's just you could almost hear it in Matt Rule's tone. He was just so down. I mean, they've invested so heavily in this defense, and you rely on the defense as being the thing. And uh, to, to have the other team run for almost 200 yards and Taylor Heineke throw three touchdown passes to have trouble in the secondary were really uh, uncharacteristic uh, of how this team has played for most of the season. Do you think it was a wise move to start Cam Newton? I mean, did Cam Newton give the Panthers the best chance to win yesterday? Yeah, I think it was. I think they intended to bring PJ uh, in, PJ Walker in, uh, but you know, Cam. I think probably again, I think probably exceeded expectations and played well. So I think there was going to be. Uh, I think the plan was to have a combination of the two of them play based on everything we had heard. So yeah, I think it worked out obviously, and they they you know they scored three touchdowns. He was a part of all three of those, and um, I don't think that was the deficiency in, or any reason why they lost yesterday. Jim, you hit the nail on the head earlier about when it came to the Panthers' defense kind of really letting everybody down. Uh, one guy that kind of really got the brunt of the blame was Dante Jackson, and let's face it, he was not great yesterday. What kind of really surprised me was the fact it didn't seem like Gilmore was starting right away, and if he was, he wasn't on Terry McLaurin. What was the deal there? Was it something that there, he's still kind of rehabbing an injury and they're trying to slowly work him back in? or What was the deal? Because what was even more puzzling about that was then they put – Stephon Gilmore back in the game later on and put him on Terry McLaurin. So I, how, what was the deal with him handling that whole situation with Dante Jackson and Stephon Gilmore? Why wasn't Gilmore the guy from the start? Were they just have, did they have that much trust in Dante Jackson from the jump? I think you know, yeah. First of all, Dante's been excellent all year, but I think um, until yesterday, <laughs> and even Dante, of course, yeah. Coach Rule uh, reinforced it that he was not great yesterday, uh, but. I don't know. I can't answer because I don't know what the health answer is with uh, Gilmore. It feels like he's still on this pitch count. And his comment after the game was that he's getting closer and he's there. And so I don't know if they're trying to get to the bye week with him after the Miami game as far as feeling uh, completely healthy or where he is in that right now. But it does feel like uh, they're kind of holding him out uh, on a number of reps and, and not using him fully just to go out there and go play football. So I don't know the answer because they haven't really revealed where he is. Again, he had quad surgery, for those that don't know, in December. Uh, was on, you know, physically unable to perform a list until the Panthers activated him a couple weeks ago. And so I just don't know that he's clearly not 100%, but I don't know where he is exactly in terms of his health. So I'm guessing that has something to do with why 
we're not seeing more of him. Yeah, and that wasn't meant to be a knock on Dante Jackson's season. He just didn't have a great game. I just kind of felt like Stephon Gilmore would have been your guy. I, th- I think when he's looked healthy and when he's played majority of the snaps on the defense, he's looked clearly looked like the best corner on the team. So I just wanted to clear that up a little bit. But uh, moving on to Cam Newton here, it looks like he's really matured as a passer, especially when it came down to uh, just getting the, getting the checkdowns done, getting the quick screens out, getting the quick five-yard slants out. He looked a whole lot more accurate in the short yardage and the mid-range kind of yardage throws as compared to his first tenure of Carolina. What have you seen in practice, and what have you seen, maybe what have you heard from the offseason to where he's been working on that and working on his accuracy? Yeah, I, thought, I agree with you. I think, you know, my biggest concern would just be timing with receivers. And we talked about with Sam Darnold earlier this year that his timing was off with receivers. I mean, that whole being able to be in the pocket, be in sync with receivers that he just met a week and a half ago, I thought was actually pretty good. He didn't hit all, all of them, but 21 out of 27 and uh, a couple of lasers. His arm looks healthy, so I think that helps uh, in terms of anything. Where I mean, we think of like an injury. We think well, he doesn't have the arm strength. But it's got to affect your accuracy and reliability uh, with that as well. So I feel like a healthy Cam Newton is part of why we're seeing a more accurate uh, Cam Newton. And, again, that, that having that velocity gets the ball where it's supposed to be on time, which also lends to accuracy. So I think him, him being just kind of fully healthy and rested, uh, even though he didn't get to play and be in camp with these guys, uh, to some degree is helpful because he's just kind of coming in fresh here at the late point in the season. They say it's overreaction Monday. Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio People Network. Say that. People say, I'm sorry. People say. Uh, nine former Panthers were on the WFT roster. And uh, you had Ron Rivera back <laughs> in Charlotte as well. Joey Sly with a little. Uh, is it Shade Ben? Is that what the kids say? Shade on the Twitter. No, on the gram. He did it for the uh, IG. Did it for the gram. A uh, little, little uh, picture of him kicking saying he was back yesterday. Um, Ooh. yeah. All right. Overreaction Monday. Worse, reaction to that. Kicking dust in your face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew he had said something. So I saw people reacting to it, but I didn't know what it was. So yeah. he was doing, he's doing a playoff the I'm back thing. Is that what he was doing? Yeah. 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 All right. Ben's got a quick question. Well, good, Ask good it quickly. He the 29 yard field goal. And, I mean, that was great. That he hey, was look, able to make that happen. He had not always made that right. He had, he'd had his trouble. Well, if he had, he could have, if he had, he could have been a Panther and a Texan and lots of other things. It's not. Anyone else's fault? <laughs> Zoke throwing a little shade. I like it. All right. Uh, what you got, Ben? Really quick. I'm All right, back. So I'm back. People say I'm back. <laughs> at Cam's first game, we kind of worked him in in the goal line packages, and he had success. I think in his last game, for it being his first full start this year under this new offense, he looked pretty solid. He looked really good. What do you expect from Cam Newton? What do you want to see from Cam Newton this offense next week when they play the Dolphins? You know, I, I think they did a lot of good things. I think they just, you know, it's got to be consistency. Like, for example, uh, you know, there wasn't enough time to really fine-tune everything. So Coach even said they get down to that two-minute drill late in the game. That matters. That's when games are won and lost, right? Or even in the first half sometimes where, where you can go into the locker room with a bigger lead. So I think, you know, for him, he's got to be able to you know, run a two-minute drill, run a quick uh, tempo offense. He'll get an extra week. I'm sure it'll be a point of emphasis uh, this week to, to go no huddle and be able to, run it in that way. I think he's capable of doing all of that. And the great thing about Cam, I think what makes him part of a better passer, too, is that that run threat is back and carries 46 yards. So you have to respect that, which helps to open up uh, some of the passing game, knowing that he's not just going to be a pocket guy that you can just go blitz after and go get him. He can take off and run. So you'll use your legs, you know, Cam. And I think he did. 
I thought when he ran, it was smart. I think when he did the zone read and, and gave it to McCaffrey, it was smart. When he decided to, you know, pass instead of run with it, was the right call a lot of times. So I thought his decision-making was really good. Don't look now, but uh, the Dolphins have won three in a row, and Tua threw for I know two, it. Yeah. I know it. Tua threw for 273 and a couple scores yesterday. So, You know, they were the team that a lot of people thought was going to be you know, emerging this year, and they got that awful start. But you're right; they're starting to define themselves at, uh, at, a, at a time where the Panthers need to be playing good ball. Well, and it also helps they've played a couple tomato cans in two of the last three. But they beat the Ravens, so there you go. Hey, they beat Joe Flacco yesterday. That's true; they did. All right, uh, Zoke, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, the cats and the fins next week. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. You and too, we'll catch Jim. Up again next week. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you, buddy. Jim Zoki. We love Zoke. All right. Uh, let's go and read this right now before I throw it to Ben. Yes. Uh, Croft and Coach are back Friday night for the J.H. Rose Scotland football game. 7 o'clock. Actually, 7.30 here on 94.3 the game. 7.30 is the kickoff time. I, we need to mention that to uh, our programming people. Uh, but it is going to be 7.30. You can... Uh, Catch the game here on 94.3 The Game. It is brought to you by the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blodgett, Sam Pollard and Sun Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, Stadium Sports, Caraway Office Solutions, Bowman Paget and Associates Dentist, and First Bank. And I know Clay Medlin, who did a really fine job on the commentary Friday night uh, in their win at 71st, uh, perfect sort of doubleheader. You could go to the ECU game and then head over. Because, look, Scotland's going to bring 700, maybe 1,000 fans with them. So uh, it'll be a high-level fourth-round playoff game, Scotland and Rose, and uh, hope you will uh, make it out to the game. Bring uh, your uh, earbuds. You can listen to it on your phone, uh, or if you can't make it, you can obviously listen to it here. All right, so uh, more on that throughout the uh, week. Here is Ben right now with uh, an update on uh, everything going on around Pirate Nation, Then we'll break down some pirate hoops for you. And uh, have a little bit more. Uh, also, a reminder of what ECU Athletics is doing uh, as far as tickets. We'll get that uh, info out to you uh, if you're unaware of it. Uh, after uh, our break, which will be preceded by this update. Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Let's start with Pirate Football as they, of course, beat Navy on the road in Annapolis 38-35 thanks to a 54-yard game-winning field goal by Owen Dafford as time expired. Dafford was awarded a scholarship following the game, but the dramatic finish was enough for Dafford to repeat as this week's American Conference Specialist of the Week. He wasn't the only Pirate to earn conference honors as Holt Aylers was recognized on the conference honor roll. ECU basketball had a tough go last night as they played Davidson for the fifth-place finish in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. The Pirates fell 76 to 67. They're now 4-2 this season. Tristan Newton, of course, led the way for the Pirates with 28 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds. His recent performances were enough for him to earn a spot on the conference's weekly honor roll. In local high school football, J. Trose will advance in the state playoffs after defeating 71st. They'll advance to play Scotland County on the road this Friday. You can hear live coverage of that game right here on 94 through the game beginning at 7.30. Actually, that game is at home at Percy Daniels Field. Moving on from college football, Florida's fired Dan Mullen as their head coach. Coach. Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez is out for the season due to a shoulder injury, and UMass has hired Arizona defensive coordinator Don Brown as their new head coach. From the NFL, bizarre news out of New Orleans. 
Bizarre news out of New Orleans is they expected to give Taysom Hill an extension up to $90 million based on a performance-based incentives. The Broncos extend Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick for another four years at the wide receiver positions. And Rob Gronkowski is expected to play tonight for the Buccaneers against the Giants. Barney setbacks and warm-ups wrapping up for Major League Baseball. The Hall of Fame ballot was released today. On the ballot, notable names include David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez as first-year ballot appearances. And Alex Correa, Boston Red Sox manager, has exercised his club option for the 2023 and 2024 seasons. That's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Golden Corral on Greenville Boulevard is now open, serving all your Golden Corral comfort food favorites like fried chicken, pot roast, steaks, fresh vegetables, and awesome desserts. Don't miss their weekend features like Catfish Fridays, ribs every Saturday, and specialty carved meats on Sundays. Make game day extra special with a hot and hearty big breakfast or build a wholesome tailgate feast of Golden Corral entrees, sides, and desserts. drive through pickup, and delivery available. Open daily for lunch and dinner, breakfast every weekend. Attention seniors who are Medicare eligible and those on Medicare disability. Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group with five branches local to Eastern North Carolina wants you to know that the annual open enrollment period is October 15th until December 7th. This is the only time this year that Medicare recipients can make changes to their Advantage plans, supplement plans, or prescription drug plans for 2022. Medicare benefits don't have to be confusing. Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154 or come in and speak to a trusted advisor. They'll explain the options and help guide you through the process in case you want to make changes. Using an agent doesn't cost a thing and gives you the peace of mind about enrolling in the right plan. Remember, open enrollment for 2022 is only available until December 7th. Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154, online at flatlandsjessup.com, or visit them on Facebook. Getting into college is more competitive than ever, especially for rural students. That's why we're opening new paths to NC State with options like spring admission and transfer programs. What we think and do helps rural students get into NC State and graduate to fill North Carolina jobs. Discover how we're growing paths to NC State. Visit wegrownc.ncsu.edu. Sponsored by NC State's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. I'm here in the studio with Lance Clark of Bill Clark Homes, one of the largest home builders in eastern Carolina. And much of the concentration has been right here in their hometown of Greenville and Pitt County. Lance, you guys have been doing this a long time. Yes, we have, Henry, and I appreciate it. Uh, last year, we celebrated our 40th anniversary which we're extremely proud of, and we are and have always been family-owned and operated. Lance, tell us why a homeowner would choose Bill Clark Homes to build their home. Well, one thing that we do that we're really proud of is we like to make the customer part of the process. We have our own design department where we draw our own plans so you can modify and make the house the way you would like it. And another thing is we have a one-stop shop design center with two professional decorators to guide you through that process. So, Lance, what's the price range that you focus on at Bill Clark Homes? 
Right now, our houses are from 160 all the way up to 500,000, and we have those houses in most school districts all around Greenville and Pitt County. For more information, contact BillClarkHomes.com. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. They're calling it Purple Friday. Uh, ECU selling a weekend holiday family sale four-pack of tickets to the Cincinnati football game, four tickets to the men's basketball game against Coppin State, then the Sunday women's game against Campbell for 60 bucks. The holiday... Weekend holiday family feast sale. You just had twenty bucks, eighty dollars, and you'll get four tickets to the football game, four tickets to the Saturday men's basketball game against Coppin State, and four tickets to ECU women's basketball against Campbell. But you'll also get vouchers for four hot dogs and four fountain drinks, Pepsi. You can't beat that. Ballpark hot dogs, pretty good, Ben. As you know, if I couldn't go to the game, I would eat that all for up in a heartbeat. Are you you're not gonna be here? Or are you gonna be here? You will I'll be. be there. I'm saying if I didn't oh. have a way to get into the game, ah, you'd go. That's buy the, the offer I'll take. Yep. Yeah. Are you going to basketball Saturday also? No, I would be gone. Is that a Philip the Ref Pilkington assignment? Or that might just... be a Philip deal. Okay. Or is that CJ the Pirate coming out of retirement? Hey, I'm sure he would love to do it. Or maybe not. I don't know. He's he's very finicky. He's very weird. He is weird. I love him though. Hey, sorry. Let's not go crazy. Um, all right, a little bit of uh, breaking news here. Of course, we were kind of tipped off on this was going to happen way back before the start of the high school football season. Uh, but Greg Watford, who led uh, North Pitt to just a tremendous year, I mean, basically rebuilt that program from scratch from when he inherited a mess Big time. four years ago. Uh, and uh, he is retiring as the uh, football coach at North Pitt. That coincides with his December retirement from the classroom. He has uh, taught and coached for 37-plus years and is probably one of the nicest people you will ever meet. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know him. He's a class guy. But C.J. Wilson kind of told us, I'm the coach in waiting, and they brought me in to you know, help Coach Watford this year, him to kind of give me some guidance, and then I'm going to take over as the head coach. So that's what I would assume is happening. Okay, all right. Remember when he told us that? Yeah, I thought you were about to confirm it here that like they officially announced it. Or well, I think what they're doing is probably wanting to announce Greg Watford, which they sh- rightfully should uh, his retirement. And uh, you know, CJ will take over the program and and should. I mean, why wouldn't you have a guy who's won a Super Bowl coach your football program? Former pirate, give him back to the community. I like great, it. Great situation there. So I watched the basketball game last night, um, and. A couple thoughts came to mind. Certainly, I was disappointed in the loss. But look, Davidson, this is not vintage Davidson, but they're still very skilled, very good. They had multiple guys that could do things. And they had multiple guys that did do things. Bob McKellop, you don't win 650 games just, you know, luck into it. You've outfoxed a few people, and, and I mean, I think, McKillop kind of outfoxed the Pirate brain trust last night. He did some different things in the second half. He got the ball out of Tristan Newton's hands. By the way, Tristan Newton, another AAC honor roll this week. Rightfully so. 28 points yesterday. Averaged over 21 in the tournament down in Myrtle Beach. I thought going into yesterday that was an important game for Dooley and the program. And I think 
what you saw was missing that other guard, a.k.a. Winston Tabbs. And we'll find out maybe a little more this week what the prognosis for Tabbs is. Nosed around on some of that today, and mum is kind of the word on that right now. So we'll see. But the team... I thought they looked a little tired, too. I mean, it's three games in four days, early season. Looked a little tired. Uh, probably could have played Brandon Johnson a little more just to give you some more coverage out on the perimeter on their bigs. Only that. I think we got to be better inside, defending inside. Oh, defending that too. the paint. I mean, the, you look at the last couple of games, we've had a real issue just defending guys mm. uh, there. I mean, we have the, the length. There's no reason why a 6'9 guy at Oklahoma should be dunking all over us. The, the thing that I guess, uh, again, Davidson threw a couple wrinkles, got the ball out of Newton's hands. ECU never looked comfortable taking shots in the second half. Uh, they made the adjustment. Pirates really had nowhere to go after Newton kind of became a, a guy that was going to be double teamed and had to distribute. Basically, the other guys have got to beat you. And the other guys just didn't have a good night. Suggs didn't have a very good night. Uh, Vance Johnson continues to be an enigma. Yeah. He looks like a like a pro when he walks into the gym. And there's moments he plays like a pro. Oh, he looks big time. And there's like you said, there's moments where he does look big time, but then there's where well, Vance Jackson. He has frustrated coaches since middle school. That's the book on Vance, and everybody thinks they can and look the, the pirate staff says it's we need Vance Jackson to step up. Yeah. So I was really a little disappointed in the result yesterday. Pirates will not need Winston Tabs to beat Coppin State, who's got two games before they come to Greenville on Saturday. Um, on the road cashing that check, baby. Coppin State, on the road cashing that check. But, um, you know, I just, I, they're going to have to have Winston Tabs to win games in the American and to, to, you know, maybe beat Liberty. I think the old Dominion game a week from tomorrow night is going to be spicy because it was spicy down there on Friday. So there's some things as far as that goes that I, I think will have to be figured out and worked out. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it earlier with uh, Tristan Newton. When they doubled up on him and he was forced to give it to his other guards, those guards are kind of veterans in this part on this part team. J.J. Miles has been here for a while. Tremont Robinson White's been here for a while. You want that consistent, and you want them to step up when they get the ball in their hands and just wasn't their night. And I look back to that Oklahoma game, and I'll even make the hot take that I felt like Tristan Newton should have distributed the ball a little bit more. I think down the stretch it was a little bit too much of Tristan Newton trying to put the game in his hands instead of getting it out to his other guards, who Tremont Robinson-White looked really composed late in that game, and he just wasn't getting the ball. You probably want that situation reversed. You want yeah. uh, Robinson-White with the ball in his hands. Exactly. Setting yeah. up Newton rather than the Newton's other way still around. young. He's still very no, he young is. on this team. He is, and he's, he's, he has shown up in a big way this year. It's but, not a not on it's not a knock on Newton or anything. It's just a learning curve. Just learning how to win games down the stretch, learning how to make the smart plays down the stretch. It's well, I still think even against Liberty, I, I saw a little bit of Liberty against Iona uh the other day. I, they're not vintage Liberty either, but that's a that's yeah. a game you're gonna play them in <laughs> Charlotte. And I mean if you're not again, good coach. Oh yeah. Pedigree in the program. 
Uh, so you've got to you got to play well in that one in Charlotte a week before uh, Christmas. You know, but you got to you can't the, the the old Dominion thing kind of worries me a little bit because that's the second time you will they will have seen you in a little over a week. It's going to be like a conference situation if you're playing somebody. To, you know, so I'll say this though, but I'll, but let me just add this: Old oh, Dominion okay, yeah. on offense, abysmal. <laughs> they need you as their center. Hey, I mean, I'll show some leadership. I'll score. I'll score for the Pirates <laughs> as a member of the Monarchs. Yeah, uh, but they look. They made it chippy, and they're going to come in here and be chippy. I'm sure. Well, I'll say this about that first Old Dominion game. Uh, I know you have your concerns about the second one. But if the first game was any indication, whenever that stuff kind of went down where there was maybe a scuffle there, it didn't seem like the Pirates succumbed to it or really bought into it or really let it consume no, they, them. It's a good point. They kept ben. their composure, and they kept going, and they won the ball game and didn't let, let them affect them all that much where you could see the Monarchs, it completely consumed them. So hopefully we see that in this next game where they don't think too much about the past, they don't think too much about what happened in the first game, and they just take care of business as usual. All right. Uh, I had somebody today on the Always Anonymous text line ask me, was I going to talk about uh, LeBeijing's elbow? Sit? No. One, I don't care. Yeah. Two, it happens in the NBA all the time. Yeah. He just happened to get caught. Uh, I thought the kid, uh, Isaac Stewart, or is Isaiah Stewart? Isaiah Stewart, yeah. Acted like a complete jackass. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a big LeBron fan, but I can't blame no, no, him no. for this one. LeBeijing. Beijing, I'm sorry. Right. Beijing. <laughs> I can't blame for this one. This is what, a first-time offense for him? It's not a well, – I mean, it's not even an offense. That's, yeah. that's the NBA. Yeah, exactly. That's the it, – it's not a little boy's game. I mean, if, if you don't think he's taking an elbow in the chops or – Oh, yeah. He's been the, on the receiving end of and some the, cheap and, shots. And the guy, Stewart, just acted a fool. Yeah. That's all it is to it. Talking about letting those kind of plays consume you, he went off the rails just there. Acted a fool. End of story. All right. uh, We'll break. We will come back and wrap things up and uh, set the table for the rest of the week, set up what we've got tomorrow and for Wednesday on a shortened holiday week here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color Salons are open and ready to serve you. We have taken steps to ensure your safety. Our locally owned and operated salons are ready to provide your next haircut, color, highlights, facial wax, or hair treatments. Please support your local salon by calling for an appointment today. Fantastic Sam's, affordable by design, caring by nature. Locations in Goldsburg, Kinston, Greenville, Newburn, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, and Calabash. It's tailgate season, and at Moore's Barbecue, we have the perfect packages to meet your needs. From our backyard barbecue pack to our family feast pack, we will make sure that your tailgate stands out and no one leaves hungry. Come on into any of our locations in Winterville, Newburn, Swansboro, Moorhead City, or Jacksonville, and bring the whole family. There's enough great food for everyone. We're sure you'll agree if it's not Moore's, it's less. 
Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station's where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because, uh... The quality is great, and they can cut it any size you like, and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds, and that's perfect for my for my family. Because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown, just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. So tomorrow, John Gilbert in studio. Till midnight tonight, that sale where you get four football tickets, four men's basketball tickets, four women's basketball tickets for 60 bucks. Throw in another 20 for 80 bucks, and you get food vouchers, too, for the football game. You'll be ready to not eat turkey. You'll want a ballpark hot dog and a... Or stadium hot dog and a soda. Yeah, absolutely. Can't beat it. You never get tired of those. It's going to get cold tonight down to 29 and then just 49 tomorrow. 25 tomorrow night. Well, you said it was going to be 55 on Friday when we're out there. Are you lying to me? A couple days ago, we're talking about a week out forecast. Ah, here. but wait a minute, Ben. They could tell us what's going to happen in 50 years, those meteorologists, but they can't tell us what's going to happen at the I, end of I the week. I guess so. We can have 30 minutes in, of weather and... 20, no, 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 no. 27 Friday. minutes of weather oh, in a 30-minute newscast. Okay. And we still don't know when the rain's coming. Friday. So. Right. But the w- Greenville will be underwater in 50 years. You they, heard it they, from the scientists. They folks. know that. The TV weather scientists know that. But they don't know what's going to happen on Friday. None of them could agree this morning on the percentage of rain. It was 20, 30, and 50 for Friday. It's been raining all day. Well, this was for Friday. They all said it was going to rain today, but, I mean, any idiot could look at a radar this morning and tell you that rain was coming. That's why we use our apps and not <laughs> 27 minutes of weather in a 30-minute newscast. Uh, so, John Gilbert tomorrow, and then Ben is going to walk you through things on Wednesday because at this point, I'm just over. No, at this point, uh, 
Well, I would have done the morning show for three straight days. Yeah, I think everyone understands. Hosting Thanksgiving, it. I'm sure you got to go out of town and meet meet your folks, and you got plans. Oh, don't even get me started on that. That is just that whole thing has been drama for two weeks, <laughs> and it's like I'm playing the ref, and it's just like, well, I'd rather the, be here, folks. Trust me. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm just saying <laughs> that I try to save you there a little bit. I try to cover for you. I'll be trust me. I'll be plenty around. I'll be plenty around. Friday and Saturday. You can rest assured of that. I'll be. Someone, someone said you're the overexposed Patrick Johnson. I said, well, you probably have a point, but, you know, yeah. you, you don't have to listen or watch. And you're underexposed. Who are you telling me that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who are you to tell me this? L- loyal listener on the anonymous text line. Uh, last go around on the Hall of Fame ballot, Bonds and Clemens. Bonds for sure should get in, I think. Neither will get in. Bonds should before Clemens. If it were, you know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But neither will get in. Yeah. I don't think. Unfortunately. But if they can't get in, I guess A-Rod can't get in either, right? He won't get in this time, no. Yeah. Let me tell you who does deserve to get in, but has not. Dale frickin' Murphy. I agree. I completely agree. He's not even on the ballot anymore. That is criminal. That Dale Murphy's not in the Hall of Fame. It is criminal. Well, that's baseball. They seem to always screw it up, Whew. no matter what it is. Don't they, though? All right. Um, big thanks to Zoki for appearing with us. Great job today by intern Courtney and uh, Ben Byron. Uh, ben will be back Wednesday, get you through, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow with John Gilbert in studio on the Patrick Johnson Show.